Welcome to IABTI Blast, the podcast for bomb technicians and investigators. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the IABTI Blast, the podcast for bomb technicians and investigators around the world. Joining me today is Bob Brush. He is a retired U.S. Navy Master Chief that served over 22 years of active duty and attained the level of Master EOD Technician and Master Training Specialist during service. Eleven of those years were at the Naval Special Warfare Development Group, where he deployed multiple times in support of the Global War on Terror. He now owns and operates Point One USA, a training services company that supports the global EOD and bomb technician communities. Point One was established in 2013 as headquartered in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Bob, welcome to the show. Ah, thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, Bob. Hey, that's one heck of a resume, sir. Uh, I know it probably barely scratches the surface on, on what you've really done. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. Yeah, my uh, my sort of journey started when I was 18 and joined the Navy and learned a little bit about EOD in the first few months after I joined and decided that that was you know something that was for me and took the plunge to go to a Navy dive school and EOD school. And I spent Quite a bit of time after that on the West Coast in San Diego doing everything from mine countermeasures operations to uh, some surface work. One deployment out to Somalia in the early 90s and got a real taste for kind of, you know, what EOD is all about. And uh, following that deployment, I had a chance to screen for and was accepted at Naval Special Warfare Development Group. And during that time frame, uh, my duty there, I really had uh, quite a a lot of opportunities to train with and learn from a whole host of different people. People at the National Labs, guys like Chris Cherry and Sydney Alford, to uh, international partners like Steve Strong, who was in the UK at the time. Felt like I, I really learned a lot over those uh, 20 plus years and gained a lot of operational experience, which helped me, um, you know, kind of figure out how best to uh, operate as an EOD tech. And on my retirement, decided that uh, it was kind of wasteful somewhat to, you know, just sort of go off and into never, never land and not, um, you know, share what I learned. And that's uh, kind of how point one was born, right? So um, through all of the different experiences that I had and sort of learned along the way, and now with a whole bunch of other people that are part of point one, we were able to form a company that uh, is really very service-based. Um, we're going on 10 years now. 2013 is when we officially stood up point one. Uh, we started with about 10 people. Now we've grown to a little over 60 and uh, headquartered in Virginia Beach. we got a satellite office in San Diego. And, you know, through different uh, connections over the years, we've been able to uh, establish quite a few training sites uh, around the Virginia Beach area. We have a recent facility out in Desert Center, California. I think we're going to talk a little more about later on. So I'll, I'll save that for later. And then, um, you know, we've been able to uh, bring on board a lot of uh, great folks uh, over the years, um, many, many active duty EOD techs and, and now some public safety bomb techs are part of our team. We have four chemists. One is a PhD and the others uh, hold bachelor degrees in chemistry. We have three electronics engineers and an entire team of business professionals who really um, do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that keep point one uh, operational. So we owe them a debt of gratitude, right, for all that they do to ensure that me and my guys can you know provide this training for a lot of different folks across the globe so that's kind of a little bit more about me and um point one and i'll kick it back to you 
So, uh, man, you got all those chemists, electronic engineers, bomb techs from the civilian side of the military. You got a little dream team of, uh, of people working there for this industry, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we've been very fortunate in the, um, uh, the way that our uh, company was built and the desire for a lot of guys to continue to give back. And then some other professionals in these different uh, disciplines that, you know, find what we do very interesting and rewarding. So they've, you know, they've come on board over the years and, and helped us provide a product that I think is is unparalleled in the in the uh, industry that we work in. So if you if you want to hear a little bit more about the the training and stuff, I'd be happy to you know share that with you. Yeah. So so yeah. Tell me, uh, what kind of training do you guys provide, and and who is uh is some of your if you can talk about it, if you are some of your uh people you work with the most. Yeah. Well, we do offer a large variety of training courses that I. I've tried to cover the spectrum of operations within the military and the public safety bomb tech communities, right? So we've we've developed a lot of prepackaged curriculums that we've uh, taught and kind of organized over the years to, you know, kind of suit the uh, larger community. But everything that we do is is very customizable, and you know, we can mold it to fit any of the uh, requirements that different customers that we serve have. But uh, everything from basic IED electronics, general and precision disruption, manual procedures, hazardous site exploitation, HME, improvised explosives, tactical operations and integration, booby trap and impedance to assault, and uh, special event response, right? I mean, you name it, uh, we pretty much have experience in all of those arenas, and we can teach it, facilitate it, help support it, whatever the guys need. I think our primary goal within all of our training programs is to try and incorporate a threat assessment, uh, a threat assessment mindset that we feel everything uh, that an operator does is sort of based on how you develop your threat assessment um, from your planning to your execution, right? So we really um, try to involve that aspect of the EOD operations into everything that we teach. Uh, I learned a lot about threat assessment when I was able to attend the NATO IED course over in Kyneton, England in the 90s. And of course, the Brits had a long history of working against the IRA and they had to you know, really figure out how are we going to attack you know, the device on our homeland. And they developed this concept of threat assessment, which I think in the U.S. Uh, military and, and law enforcement, uh, public safety bomb techs, you know, it hasn't really been a part of our fiber in the past, but it's it's getting better over time. It's getting better. And point one is trying to do all we can to try to promote that and help guys understand how to use it. So uh, too many, too many uh, years have been spent kind of making EOD more black and white. And uh, it's a very gray profession. So we try to teach guys how to clean up that gray area by applying threat assessment. And that's been a big, uh, big win, I think, for a lot of guys and a big takeaway for a lot of guys to understand how to use that uh, the best way possible. So. Our, our methodology with all of our training is to uh, first kind of talk a little bit about the subject, uh, then to practice through technical hands-on uh, training, and then really put it into motion through scenario-based drills and problem sets that we set up for the guys to kind of provide culmination drills, so to speak, right at the end of the training. So uh, by doing this, I think we, we really work to solidify the information that's taught in that EOD operator's mind right throughout the course. And, uh, information, as you know, is only really helpful if uh, if you can remember it, right? So by meaningful repetition, 
Uh, we certainly encourage retention, and I think this, coupled with threat assessment, has been the uh, hallmark of our success over the years. So, um, as far as who we uh, who we work with, well, we have a lot of contracts with Navy EOD commands. Uh, we do provide training for a lot of international partners now, from Australia, Belgium, the Netherlands, Germany, Canada. Uh, on the law enforcement, public safety, bomb tech side, uh, the state of Georgia has been a big fan of Point One training for over a decade now. Um, we have some uh, some training stuff that we've done with the San Diego Sheriff's, New Jersey State Police, Florida State Police, of course in our local area, Virginia Beach and Norfolk PD, uh, a little bit with New York City and, and some with the FBI. So uh, we're getting more inquiries all the time. We're always um, eager to uh, help folks out when they reach out to us, but um, those are just to name a few of the folks that we uh, we do work with. I would just like to mention one last thing besides training. Point one is is really branched out into product-based uh, offerings, and we have a great assortment of training kits, uh, especially for guys that might not be able to attend our training, maybe don't have a large bomb squad. They, they just need a few things to be able to support themselves internally. So from training aids to different training kits, uh, we've got a whole host of things to help guys out. Beyond that, we offer a lot of different toolkits for um, you know, operational EOD um, work, right? From uh, things that go on your body armor to things that go on the bomb truck, it doesn't really uh, matter. We kind of cover the spectrum there. And, and more recently, we've, we've been getting more and more into building uh, operational tools. So we have a new uh, omnidirectional disruptor called the hammer. It's very easy to pack, very easy to employ. Like yep, the hammer, right? <laughs> And uh, it's fully characterized it's against uh, sensitive HME, which is one of our uh, fortes, right? So we've used it um, a lot against uh, potassium chlorate and aluminum, which is kind of our shock sensitive explosive of choice as we uh, characterize these tools. And it's it's been uh, running 100% uh, success so that you don't shock detonate the IED, but instead are left with a uh, disrupted device that you can then uh, do the rest of the work with. And um, hopefully use it for evidence right later. But um, we're also finishing up a hand-packed explosive tool as a shape charge or EFP liner. Um, these are great for either high ordering case munitions or doing a proof shot to make sure that they're not full of high explosives so you can demill or dispose of them, which is important for a lot of guys. And then um, our most recent project that we're just about ready to field is our electronic uh, diagnostic system so we're going to try to put something into the community that is purpose-built for EOD and public safety bomb tech operators to do uh, circuit analysis and be able to have something that actually guides them, helps them, fails safe, doesn't have a problem when you don't have the dial in the right location or a fuse blows. Right? This, this machine is going to be actually built for EOD operations and uh, detonator and, and circuit diagnostics and such. So we're real excited about that. And that's probably our latest tool that uh, that we're working on getting out there. And, you know, we continue to try to pioneer new tools and systems each day to uh, better advance the community and their um, their capability. So you've got those electronics engineers working pretty hard back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are, uh, they are definitely uh, got their hands full with all of our ideas, yeah, that get thrown at them every day, yeah. Very cool. So uh, you mentioned some of the courses, and, and the HME courses, I wouldn't say is self-explanatory. We all know kind of what it covers. Uh, I wasn't aware that you did the, uh, basically the bomb and SWAT tactical integration course. That's a good one. 
public events, we all kind of understand. You mentioned hazardous situations. Uh, what, what's that involved? What can you tell me about that? Well, um, in, in the course of some of the HME training, it, it was apparent that you need to be able to um, take that information that you learn in the laboratory and apply it in a real world setting to you know what we expect and how to perceive threat. And some guys have had to deal with the real world threat of going into a kitchen or garage or you know what have you and finding a laboratory where um, somebody is cooking up a homemade explosive. So it's one thing doing it in a controlled environment in a uh, laboratory kind of training setting. It's another thing going into something that's just crazy. Uh, stuff laying all over the place, and you have to make sure it's safe before uh, you can hazmat teams in or anybody else. So, so that hazardous uh, site exploitation or kind of remediation training is sort of the culmination of what HME training is all about, right? It gives the guys a chance to action or take action in a real-world setting um, that we try to you know represent for them in, in these laboratories and such. Yeah, the term HME lab is really misleading because it's far from laboratory. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of, lot of crazy uh, stuff that we've seen employed over the years to, to make these different uh, dangerous materials. So you mentioned uh, that you have a couple of your own training facilities. What can you tell me about your training facilities? I know I've been to one and I'll clarify for the audience. I have attended your HME course in San Diego and I've seen uh, one of your training facilities, but what can you tell us about them? Well, the, uh, the facilities here on the East Coast are, um, we have our own private explosive range out here in Suffolk, Virginia, that we've been fortunate enough to um, convince the uh, city of uh, Suffolk and Isle of Wight to allow us to detonate things on a, a piece of land, kind of in a remote area. And um, yeah, special use permit to be able to do that. So we've partnered with a, um, a dog training company, actually, called American Canine International, which is... Um, which is out in, in Suffolk area, and they um, uh, have kind of shared or allowed us to share some of their property to be able to do this important training. And in return, they get a little bit of uh, help from us on allowing the uh, canines to uh, go after, you know, live materials and such. So we do some specialized training for them too. But uh, along with that in Virginia Beach, we have a couple of different practical training areas that we utilize for some of the um, types of courses that I described earlier. and then. Out on the West Coast, uh, we've been very fortunate to partner with the San Diego Sheriff's Office and be able to use the range out in Otay. And uh, then within the last couple of years, we've managed to uh, kind of gain use of this uh, property out in Desert Center, California, which is uh, just a little bit east of Indio Palm Springs. And it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, right, which makes it a great training area. Everybody leaves us alone, yeah, so it works out well. It's but, a great great to me training i can assure you that yeah yeah but we managed to build up a uh, a big facility out there that's very eod centric uh, we built a lot of different laboratories in, in different villages and we've got some underground labs we've got a shooting range and a lot of different detonation areas we have an hme synthesis trailer where we do the training classroom magazine storage facilities all kinds of stuff so it's really, um, it's really grown up here um, over the last couple of years, and we, we're very excited about the potential for it in the future and hope to be able to use it more as we uh, provide training for the community. 
Let's talk a little bit about the HEB courses. Uh, I've been through Luan down there, so I don't want to uh, bore everybody exactly with my experience, but uh, I will say it was an extremely educational experience. Uh, and so could you just kind of summarize real quickly, just a hand, because I know, uh, if I remember right, I can't remember, it, it was, it seemed like 10 or 15 different explosives we made, but can you just kind of go over some of the explosives they make over the course of that, that week usually? Sure, yeah, you bet. Our, our courses are very, operator oriented so we we do a little bit of science and then we get right into the practical aspect of what do the operators need to you know be able to learn and gain confidence on as they um uh, go through our courses right so that they don't have to do it the first time for real that's kind of the goal with hme training so uh depending on the length of the course we we make really whatever the uh, guys request as long as we've um, sort of vetted the recipe, so to speak, and make sure that it's a safe process to do. But from TATP to HMTD, mercury fulminate, lead azide, uh, so we can cover the spectrum of primaries if, if need be. Uh, on the secondary side of things, secondary explosives, we we usually uh, make urea nitrate, arsalt, ETN, nitroglycerin, EGDN, which is sort of like nitroglycerin, and then uh, Al-Shabaab dynamite is one of the newer sort of threat mixes that are out there. So we do that in some of our courses. And, and those are just some of the monomolecular HMEs that we uh, synthesize during the course. We also uh, work a lot of the binary mixes, which you see out in, in the real world. So everything from ammonium nitrate based, chlorate based, nitromethane based. And then we also uh, concentrate some hydrogen peroxide so that guys can see how that's put together, sometimes called H-POM. Uh, or a hydrogen peroxide organic material, right? So um, we also bring precursors, uh, key precursors into the mix. So we'll show them how the peroxide is uh, concentrated. We'll show them how nitric acid is made, um, how you would go about uh, producing potassium chlorate, which is kind of not really a, um, a readily available uh, precursor. It's used for pyrotechnics a lot, but you usually got to have a license to buy it. So some guys have tried to make it on their own. So we show them how that might be done in a nefarious way. And then uh, we try to really do a lot of very much hands-on, right? So we, we don't just show guys how it's done or talk about it in the classroom. We get them out on a on a bench and we, we really um, talk a lot about the precursors, show them what everything would look like for real, have a lot of um, very authentic items that we buy from the commercial market so they can see the bottles and the containers and the bags and everything that uh, they would see in the real world and then we let them uh, work through it on the bench you know with an instructor overseeing it and making sure that they stay safe and you know answering their questions and you know really uh, getting the guys deep and, and um, you know drill down on all of the different uh, details of it so that they have a, a thorough knowledge when they leave the course but beyond that we also desensitize identify go over sampling protocols disposal techniques x-ray what it would look like under x-ray disruption field testing pretty much everything that you would have to do as an eod operator you get a chance to do it for real with real explosives that you would actually see in the field and i think that has been you know a huge uh, win for the community to be able to do that in a safe way yeah for sure and i can tell you i uh it was a busy week i learned a lot it was very eye-opening throughout the when i finally left the end of the week What's the type of feedback do you usually get from the students? Um, well, I think uh, 
by and large, the students uh, love it because it is very practically based. You know, EOD operators learn by hands-on. We, we know that. We've both uh, been in their shoes before, so we try to keep it as practical as possible. We routinely hear from techs going through the course that um, our course will save lives. It's the best training they ever had. Those are things that humble us a little bit because, uh, of course, we're just doing what we do and we don't really expect that sometimes. But, um, you know, a lot of guys feel that way when they finish the class because they understand how important this training really is. I think over the last uh, 10 years, we've really enabled uh, this training to take place in a safe manner, which guys appreciate, certainly. Uh, leadership appreciates. And, um yeah. yeah, we've never, um, you know, we've never had any kind of problems, accidents, anything like that after thousands of uh, students trained, thousands of explosives, uh, HMEs made uh, pounds wise, and, you know, just a, a decade now of, you know, doing this training day in and day out. And I think, um, you know, my folks really appreciate the comments from the guys. We always do an after action report, a written report. We always have them do a course critique for us so we can listen to their or read their uh, comments about the course. But the, the one part about our courses that's most important is we always do what we call a hot wash, right? Which I'm sure guys are familiar with to hear that verbal feedback, you know, right then when it's fresh. And, you know, when guys tell us things like it's the best training we've ever had and I think this will save lives, it certainly um, keeps us going. You know, it's kind of training's tough, right? To uh, set it up, organize it, keep it safe. It takes a lot of work and a lot of commitment. And for us, we um, uh, hearing that feedback from the guys is is critically important to keeping us motivated so that we can keep providing this. So, um, so yeah, I mean, by and large, it's always been positive. We're happy to, and we have received some constructive criticism before, but that just makes the course better. And we're always uh, looking for that to kind of improve things along the way. So, yeah, real real good feedback over the years. Now, do a lot of your courses have a mix of public safety and military, or is it usually one or the other? I think that we have had some uh, mixes, but usually it's um, it's one or the other just because of the way the contracts are done and um, the funding is done, right? But what we try to do is when we have military courses that um, we have extra seats or, for example, out in San Diego, we've had a great relationship with the um, uh, San Diego sheriffs out there. So we've made sure that they've been able to invite a couple of bomb techs to uh, each course that we've run on their range. So then... The military guys get some uh, perspective from the guys in the law enforcement side and vice versa, and everybody wins, right? It's always good to hear what everybody else is uh, thinking or doing out there. So, so whenever possible, we try to try to mix it up, but it kind of depends on the funding and the contracts and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, my experience was uh, mixed, uh, a class of Navy guys, and it was uh, great to see uh, the, and hear with them how they do things differently. Uh, their threat assessments, their process, uh, their analysis of the same situation. And although we came to several similar conclusions, our uh, process and our uh, concerns were sometimes slightly different. Just, uh, I have a so-called liability that really haunts me. Uh, that and I don't think all the military has the same liability concerns. No, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> they get away with a little more yeah, sometimes. They do. They have a little more flexibility. All right. So all that is great. And, and it kind of leads us up to... The training coming up in, uh, what, October 31st to November 3rd. Uh, the hotel's in Rancho Mirage, but it'll be at your training facility in Desert Center. So I've been talking to one of your guys, Mike Clayton, a little bit about it. And we've summarized the train a little bit. Uh, 
So how would you summarize what's coming up for the IABTI members that attend that course coming up? Sure, yeah. Well, the, um, the training we have planned out there, I think, is going to be the way that uh, a lot of guys would like to see the training sessions go in the future, from what I've heard from different uh, comments attending some of the IABTI events. Uh, a lot of you know, practically based training is what we have set up. Our goal is to try to really give the guys a taste of what point one's all about and also give them a little bit of education in the uh, homemade explosive world so that they can experience some of the different things that are important like desensitization and uh, detection and ID, a little bit about some disposal techniques. Um, we're gonna go over some disruption uh, theory and also some demonstrations on disruption of um, sensitive, shock sensitive targets like uh, the potassium chloride and aluminum that we were talking about earlier. Um, we are going to go over some uh, different things involved with HME labs or, you know, kitchen type laboratories that might uh, be seen in the real world and talk about some of the threat assessment factors involved with that. Go over some of the different uh, steps and processes that you might consider as, or adopt as part of your um, strategy on how to prosecute these laboratories safely. So we've got a little bit of that plan. And um, I think it's just going to be a really good three days of, you know, good discussion, good demonstrations, a little bit of hands-on work, and uh, give the guys a real taste for, you know, what we can provide, what the training area out there is like, and uh, hopefully build some new relationships with guys that, that we haven't met before. So that's kind of a, a snapshot of, you know, what we have planned. I like it. Well, I'm hoping they come home tired and uh, sometimes dirty at the end of the day. <laughs> I think that they will, yeah. We we, so we work on our side, so uh, yeah, they're going to get a... Yeah, guaranteed to be dirty at that train site. Yeah, I don't think you can leave there uh, without oh, yeah. something on you. So uh, you mentioned that hammer earlier. Are we going to see that uh, during that event? You, you are going to see the hammer, and then our other tool is the uh, hand-pack hand shape charge and EFP. We call that the needle. So a little more precision there, but uh, a lot more energy. And uh, we're gonna demonstrate that and uh, also that omnidirectional and then go over some different uh, things to consider with uh, 12 gauge disruption as well. Wow, that's a busy week. You guys crammed a lot in there. We did, yeah. We're trying to maximize the uh, training time and the, and the value for the guys for sure. Nice, oh, I appreciate it, I look forward to it. So it sounds like an awesome week. Uh, like I said, I can say personally, I've been to your uh, training and uh, it was phenomenal. Uh, I enjoyed it and fit several guys from my team down to the San Diego thing, and they all uh, came back with a, a, the same eye-opening experience. So I know it's, I know firsthand it's a good training. The HME is something I've never seen before uh, to that level, and I'm hoping we get a lot of people out there for uh, the stuff out in the desert. So uh, thanks for your time. you have anything else you want to throw in that I forgot to ask, Bob? Um, well, no, I, I appreciate the time, and uh, I just – would like to mention one thing. There's been a lot of debate, I guess you'd say, in the world of HME with, you know, is it safe and is, is it something that we should be doing live and doing training on and so on and so forth. And I'm sure different people have uh, varying opinions about it, but I think we've kind of uh, developed a course that is, is hands down uh, created an environment where guys can learn safely. Um, especially when it comes to primary explosives. There's a lot of things that we've learned in our years in the military that, that keep this training safe in, in the realm of 
operational risk management or risk analysis, right, is, is incorporated into all of our uh, training, but especially when HME is involved. And we try hard to uh, make sure that we keep things at the uh, forefront, like instructor to student uh, ratios, uh, who handles what. So when, when it comes to primary explosives, once a primary is made, students in the course never touch it again. And uh, instructors who have the most time and the most hands-on time with this stuff, you know, they're the ones that are going to manage it, manage it, and um, you know, do things with it and kind of demonstrate it to the guys. So they get a chance to do a lot of hands-on stuff, but when it becomes sort of a little more um, of a risk assessment factor, then you know, we take over and show the guys a lot of things about it. So I just want to make sure everybody feels comfortable uh, coming to this. You know, we are going to do some live HME. Uh, training and such out there and we've definitely got a good recipe for success and keeping everybody safe and everything safe as we go through this so just kind of wanted to mention that as we close out here and uh, lastly yeah. yeah go ahead Bob. No I'll, I'll, I'll back you up on that uh, I never felt uncomfortable in your training at no point in time did I feel like oh I did have that uh, the training scars of Oh my gosh, this is so dangerous. But, uh, you know, when you see the process uh, and you're doing it yourself, and, and I'll clarify for the listeners, uh, there was, uh, if I remember right, four people at a table and one of the instructors or chemists at the end of the table. So the one to four ratio is pretty good supervision. And, and that chemist uh, would stay right there at our table while we were doing stuff. And then uh, like you said, at the point that we had a, a finished product uh, and we washed it and cleaned it, it was ready to move, then he would move it to a, a drying rack that you had uh, in your magazine for the next couple of days or so. But yeah, throughout that process, uh, that one to four person uh, ratio was just uh, you know good comfort level. And uh, at any time that the four students go, hey, I, I heard, you know, when you do this, you could cause a problem. And he would explain why in some cases that was a problem and what we had done in that case to avoid those problems. So uh, it was really good. Uh, I was very comfortable. And, and like I said, I sent most of my team at the time through uh, that same course and, and they came back with the same comfort level. Like, hey, yeah, you're making something potentially dangerous, but it was very controlled and safety was uh, obviously the, the foremost concern in the process. So I, I never felt uncomfortable. It was pretty exhilarating at the end of the week go, wow, I made yeah. all that stuff this well, week. <laughs> well, good. well, I'm glad you felt that way. And I think everybody who has gone through our training uh, has the same sort of uh, feeling when they leave it. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's served to uh, help the larger community understand that there is a safe way to do this. And uh, we don't have to just run away from it. You know, we should embrace it and find the safest way forward because in the real world, EOD techs can't run away from it. You got to do something with it. So uh, training is is critical to your well-being when it comes to those real-world situations. So, so uh, thank you very much for that. But um, and I thank you for the time. And you know, we are very grateful for the relationships that we've developed over the the years with the community, and certainly hope to foster more in the future. I I've, I've spent about 34 years of my life now as part of this community. So I've uh, been been at it for a long time, and I engineered Point One to be a partner in this community and um, you know really be part of the the solution and uh, help the community out as much as we can and many of my teammates that are with me now you know feel exactly the same way all of them do and that's why we do it and 
Certainly, if you want to uh, learn more about Point One, we have a, a nice website you can go to. It's pointoneusa.com. And um, if you use your .gov um, email, you can you, you can register, and it gives you access right away. We just kind of uh, fence off the uh, website a little bit to the public. But if you got a .gov uh, email, um, you can look at anything that you want to behind the the curtain. And uh, we look forward to seeing everybody at the IABTI. And uh, I know it'll be a great three days. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. No, thanks for your time. And thanks, Bob, for the partnership. And it's going to be, uh, uh, I have never been to an IABTI training like you know, you're planning there. And I'm hoping everyone that walks away from it uh, is equally satisfied as I was on your training. So uh, appreciate the partnership. And uh, hopefully we get a full roster. And I hate to say it, but I hope we get so full we have to kick people away. <laughs> Well, me too. That sounds good, Bob. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for the time, Bob. Appreciate it. Okay. Take care. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the IABTI Blast podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of IABTI. The IABTI is not responsible and does not verify the accuracy of the information contained in the podcast series.